you're hungry, because you're listening to Everybody Eats. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 18. Today, we don't have any special guests, so it's just a regular duo, Edom and I. Um, and we're going to be talking today about a couple articles, um, some current event articles that we want to discuss. Um, so before that, make sure that you're following us on all platforms. Make sure you're, you have us on Twitter. That's at everybody underscore eats underscore. On uh, Instagram, we're at everybody underscore eats podcast on Instagram. Make sure you're following everybody eats on our YouTube channel. We have all the videos. So make sure you like, subscribe, share with your friends on our YouTube channel and just on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there. Make sure that you like, you listen, comment, leave a review. Um, on the Instagram page, we, we posted a picture the other day of our listeners internationally. So I just want to thank everybody who's been supporting the podcast within the United States and across the world. Um, we got listeners in states that I don't even know anybody in, in these cities that I've never even heard of. So I just really want to say shout out and thank you to all the supporters, wherever you are. Um, just thank you. And we're just going to continue producing quality content that's bringing value. So today... Uh, the first article we wanted to discuss um, is on from BBC News. Google boss Sundar Pichai or Pichai calls for AI regulation. So related to that as well, this week uh, Google owner is actually now worth one trillion dollars. So that was a that was one of the first articles that I saw that um, that that one trillion club is now Google, Apple, and Microsoft. But better yet, Alphabet, the parent company of Google, not necessarily Google itself. Um, but Alphabet, the, uh, the parent company, Apple, and Microsoft are all part of that one trillion club. But um, interestingly enough, on last episode, we were talking about AI, talking about how that's growing in, in, in that field. So um, it's interesting seeing that he says that, um, quote unquote, uh, Sundar Pichai said it was quote unquote too important not to impose regulation but urge for a sensible approach to AI. Um, he said that in individual areas of AI development like self-driving cars and health tech require tailored rules. So I think that's really interesting considering how vast it's coming, how vast it's growing to make sure that they have some sort of regulation so um, you know there's some sort of laws of how, how you can use and what you can use AI for. So I thought that was Really interesting. What was your take on it, Edom? How do you feel about it? The future is now, bro. And honestly, every time AI gets brought up, you know, first thing I say is they're going to take our jobs. And honestly, the, the second thing I think right away is one of those movies where they have like a usually dystopian future. Like uh, just the other day, I saw a movie called Code 8. Okay. Um, any of you guys watch Arrow, but the actor who plays Arrow, Stephen Amell, he, was, he did it with his brother. Um, so the police force in the movie, they use facial recognition and stuff like that. And even a part of the article was mentioning, um, banning facial recognition for up mm. to five years. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. Last week revealed that the European commission is considering a five year ban on facial recognition. And the fact that even right now they're talking about considering putting up a five year facial recognition ban is pretty insane and intense to me because that just shows that what they're putting out to public knowledge is definitely not even probably half of what AI is capable of and um, uh, 
Sundar, the fact that he wants to be really, I guess, he did, but it seems like he's taking a moral approach about all this, just shows that there is a lot more in the works and to come to the public eye that isn't already out there. So that, to me, just shows a lot of things are changing. 2020, you know, technology is coming out as fast. No, nah, for sure, for sure. I definitely agree. I mean, um, when it comes to, like, the self-driving cars, I know... Like Tesla, Uber, Google, they've been all trying that. But then you also hear in the news like a lot of these self-driving cars are, um, are a lot of these are getting to like accidents and things like that, right? So um, my my initial thought when I think of self-driving cars, I'm like, this is, I'm not trying to sound foul, but like let them fix all the bugs first, you know, like let, let them get all the kinks out in order before I even try and put myself in that position to be in a self-driving car. But then again, you see, well, if you ask me, the fact that. You know, they haven't even completely fixed self-driving cars, and they're already moving on to self to, uh, like we talked in our last podcast, um, the Uber helicopters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uber helicopters with Hyundai. I'm pretty sure that they already have a fix for self-driving cars. It's just you know they're not releasing that yet, of course, just to uh, delay AI progression. Because um, one of my friends, he's a, I want to say computer engineer computer science major, but he was telling me how uh, self-driving trucks was a thing that was coming actually yeah. in the last few years, but the, uh, the, they let, he said they let like the trucker union know, and then they all threatened to go on strike and stop working right now wow. in, the, in the present, even though in the future it was going to be ready. So they said, hey, if you're going to potentially take away all our jobs and remove a group of people from a whole industry, then we're going to stop working now and shut this down now so that, you know, we'll cause a whole stop in the economy. So I heard the solution they came up with was delaying it as much as possible so these people would, I guess, either prepare for losing their jobs or, I don't know, figure out a way to work with these people in this specific um, job area so they wouldn't lose all their lose their whole livelihood. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's yeah. interesting that you said that because, again, I listened to EYL a bunch and they had an episode where um, uh, a gentleman was speaking about how to get into the trucking industry. And after listening to the episode, I was like, you know, this sounds all great, but I was like, well, I've been hearing about self-driving trucks, right? So I'm like, you know, part of getting, part of his, um, you know, uh, part of his investment of getting into the trucking industry was like finding drivers you know, and like organizing and scheduling, um, you know, drivers and, and uh, truck pickups and deliveries. But, you know, with the self-driving, with the self-driving trucks, I was like, we'll put the driver out of business. But the thing is, though, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait until, you know, it's dependable. But, you know, having a truck drive on the road for hours, like, you know, God forbid... I wonder how, how like how how does that work? God forbid, you know, you know, it breaks down. Like God forbid, something happens. Like there's no person to to be there unless there's someone still in the car, you know, still someone in the truck. I mean, so to speak, while it's driving. But if we're just gonna have them driving themselves, I feel like it's just way more complicated than just like like there has to be there has to be more to it than you know unless you can just really just disrupt the whole industry by just having these trucks drive themselves like i feel like it can't just be that easy but anyway regardless like i feel like that's going to have to take a lot of time like people are going to have to afford to purchase these trucks and i feel like if that i feel like those that upfront cost is going to be pretty expensive like i guess down the line you know okay you don't have to pay a worker but i still feel like 
before that industry takes off, I feel like it's going to take time. I feel like it's going to just be real expensive up front, but then I guess eventually, you know, people will start making their money or, you know, eventually they'll become more, you know, affordable of having self-driving trucks. But regardless, I do see why um, that in the, the, those workers were threatening to go on strike. Well, um, honestly, the way I see it, at least in my thought process, I'm being optimistic here, maybe, uh, of course, people are... The word specialization is really going to have to come up again. Um, I'm probably wrong. Excuse me if I'm wrong, but isn't it like whenever I want to say there's like an industrial revolution or I want to say whenever the world progresses that involves people specializing in certain areas or fields, my what I think is probably going to happen is they're going to have, you know, those would-be truck drivers are probably going to end up maybe being the tech guys or probably sitting, who knows, in the passenger seat working on a computer to help, you know, make sure the truck runs smoothly. Um, yeah, the jobs are going to have to shift. Like, we, shift yeah, we were kind of talking about, you know, last episode a little bit, you know, we kind of brought that up, like, you know, when whenever, like you said, kind of like whenever there's a, uh, you know, like a big revolution, like techno technological revolution, some, something that gets automated, jobs will get lost, but then usually, you know, new jobs are created in order to, to adapt, right? And I think we're still in that phase where you kind of mentioned, you know, before, again, a lot of tech fields are going to be, you know, are going to be hot, you know what I mean? So those majors and those type of jobs are going to be hot. But then certain jobs that, you know, get automated, like you're just going to have to either find a way to adapt and start getting, you know, learning tech skills or, you know, survival of the fittest, bro. Like you're going to have to find something to do, um, you know, to, 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 to supplement and you can push it down the line. But I feel like just the way technology is advancing at this rate, like it's it's coming no matter what. It's going to touch every field no matter what. You just kind of have to do your best homework to prepare and to prep yourself. Yeah, like, definitely every field, like you said, is going to get touched. Sorry, moving on uh, in the article, that, um, I did read that they Google launched an ethics board probably to regulate this. But, you know, I'm quoting this. They launched an ethics board in 2019 but it shut it down less than two weeks later about who had been appointed and i i watched like i said a lot of you know dystopian futuristic movies and like i said my mind always goes there when it comes to ai but even yeah i personally think what we know is human nature people want to profit off something people are going to monopolize and you know get their hands on something be the first one to do this so everybody else um, any, anybody else who wants to enter the industry has a harder time uh, getting at it, profiting off of it. And personally, I think a lot of this stuff is going to come down to whatever company can make can can make the most advancements. You know what I mean? And also be ethical at the same time and just not abuse the power. It's definitely a big thing, and. Um, something that's that's really concerning to me personally because that stuff that kind of stuff is a bit unnerving only because um, I had a conversation with a friend earlier and I feel like a lot of a lot of movies that get made in Hollywood they you know when they have like 
one central theme about like automation or you know going into the future honestly to me that just of course not only i feel like does that encourage people to actually go make those things they see on the screen actually happen but i also personally think it's like a foreshadowing of what's actually what's next to come you know now for sure i remember i took a creative writing class and that's one thing that we discussed how um art is is oftentimes a reflection of what's going on in society so um, today, a lot of the movies you see will be talking about, you know, like robots, automation, the future, and things like that. And that's just reflective of what's going on in society, a lot of the advancements that we go, or uh, that we're going with. And they'll say if you go back to like, you know, like the 70s or the 80s, a lot of those movies had a theme of, you know, um, like Cold War themes, for example. Fighting you know what I mean? Guy. Like fighting the bad guy, the Russian bad guy, or something like that. Right? And it was like, that was just. That was what a lot of movies were, were surrounding around, but, you know, because that's what was going on in the world, you know? And so oftentimes you'll see, like, when you see a lot of these movies with crazy advancements in technology, or these shows like Black Mirror, you know, where all these, like, futuristic things, it's like part of it is a little bit like, all right, you know, it's a little bit of a fantasy, but at the same time it's like, whoa, some of those ideas you'll see, like, I feel like that's not too far away, you know what I mean? Like, that could be possible, you know, like, um, and th those type of themes, so... We'll see though. We'll see. I think it was just an interesting article. Um, you know, uh, you know, talking about regulation because it is something that they have to be responsible for. Um, you know, if and when when it becomes more prevalent. So I think it's important that he's taking that into consideration. But granted, I'd love to see some of this stuff implemented in my lifetime. Uh, nothing too crazy. But definitely would love to see you know maybe a flying car or for sure for sure Some, something some, yeah something that doesn't require taking like robots taking over the world, but but uh, in other news <laughs> so I think uh, so what we'll do right now we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and Eden has uh, an article for us about hip hop museum opening up in the Bronx so we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to segment two of the Everybody Eats podcast. Today we're just going over some current event articles in the business field. So we just finished uh, talking about Google and AI. Uh, the Google uh, boss is looking for some AI um, regulation in that field. So this next article Edom has for us. So what is it? So kicking off tentatively. Um, in 2023, construction starts this summer, uh, a hip-hop museum in the Bronx with a $3.7 million budget from New York State. Mm -hmm. So, Governor Andrew Cuomo signed off on a uh, measure to contribute $3.7 million to the Bronx's first hip-hop museum. The funding is part of a statewide New York Economic Community Develop Package Development Package. Uh, it was chartered by two New York. It was chartered by the New York State Department of Education and Boards of Regents. It's to preserve and celebrate the global hip hop, the global hip hop music. The executive team um, is led by the director Rocky Bucano. Public Enemies, Chuck D, and Curtis Blow. Shout out to Curtis Blow. Oh, yeah. No relation to Virgil Blow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and the cultural ambassadors are Akeem, Big Daddy Kane, LL Cool J, Grandmaster Flash, Fab Five, Freddy, and all of and all other New York. Well, all of them are New York residents, or they yeah New York residents, which is actually really dope. Reading through the names, it's really. Um, yeah, I think I, that's beautiful. That's yeah, beautiful. I think that's it's awesome. cool. One, right? They have people from the industry actually, yeah. you know, like in charge, right? So that's what I, I really like. It's not like they're just pulling random people off the street saying like, here, here's, here's how we're going to, you know, you know, champion, uh, champion, uh, champion, champion the project, <laughs> champion the, the 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 project. But um, shout out to Curtis Blow. I got to meet him when I did the uh, the TED Talk a few years back. He was the uh, I guess you would say the keynote speaker at the TED Talk event where I got to meet him um, and his son. So that's really cool. Um, I think he went to the CCNY uh, City College. Um, yeah. So, but I think I think that's really amazing. Like to be honest, it it kind of sounds like crazy, but I figured there would already be a hip hop museum in the Bronx. To me, that idea just seems like duh. Like why why hasn't there been one already? But um, you know, shot uh, you know Andrew Cuomo signed off at three point seven million. So I really hope. I really hope, you know, it, it turns out really well. I hope they don't, you know, have to deal with any, there's no, like, redlining and any, you know, unnecessary issues. But I think, like, that's really, that's really important. If you think about how hip-hop honestly just changed the world, how it touches literally every single part of the world. You know, they said that when hip-hop first started, you know, and rap music was, like, first becoming a thing in the 90s, they said it'll be dead. It's just a trend that'll be dead in, like, 10 years. You know, and 20 years later, it's the number one genre in the world. You know, and that all just started from the South South Bronx. You know, so it's about time that they have, uh, you know, a museum dedicated to the influence that this that this genre of music has on the world, on the amount of people. Like, it's just you can't overemphasize it. It's beautiful, especially. Um, I just finished the uh, Wu Tang Clan, uh, I guess, series on Netflix. Yeah. And Rock Rakim was definitely he was. In, he was portrayed by another actor, but he was in it, and it's just really beautiful to hear and see that a pioneer of such a life-changing, world-changing genre is actually one of the people directly in charge. And, you know, I don't want to bring in, make it too racial or anything, but it's really beautiful to see, like, hey, this is, it's definitely going to spotlight a lot of black artists, and I, in my opinion, black black artists and black um and a lot of black impactful people in, you know, especially art history, world history, music history. Nah, and it's just a, a, a beautiful thing to see. 100%, and, 100%. And tying it back into, you know, our earlier discussion about AI and stuff, they want to put some virtual reality in this museum. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yo, future really is now, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say they want to put holograms in some virtual reality. So um, visitors will have access to virtual reality experiences as well as interactive art installations aimed at bringing hip hop to younger generations. So bring out the hip hop hologram of Tupac. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. They'll probably have holograms of Tupac just like giving tours. Like, come this way. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, Michael Jackson, they gonna just throw him in there. Yeah. <laughs> bring it back. But, you know, that's... That's gonna be really dope, though. Definitely, I hope whenever, whenever it gets announced, 
I'm pretty sure that museum's going to be bread. But I would spend the money definitely a couple times to go visit it. Yeah, 100%. And, and check out, learn more about the genre. I hope a lot of, I mean, I feel like kids these days, even myself included, I don't know a whole lot about uh, old music groups. You know, people like um, Ghostface Killer. I started listening to Wu-Tang after I watched the documentary. I tried to listen to stuff before. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I listened to them a little bit before. Come okay, on, I listen, I'll <laughs> yeah, so you got me stuttering. I listened <laughs> a little bit before, but I definitely gave them another chance after I saw the documentary. It just gave me a little push. But um, I really hope this does push, um, especially a lot of kids in this now generation, to go look back on where hip hop started and. Start where it is it, now start giving it the respect the respect uh, it deserves definitely yeah. you know now we got a lot of little this little that uh mumble rapping artists who uh you know worried about respect carrying guns drugs all that nonsense so definitely see where it started from and how the old heads are coming back and giving back to their community rant over i'm done <laughs> For sure, for sure. So um, I'm really excited. Like I said, I hope all that goes well, and I'll definitely have to check it out. So uh, we'll take another break here, then we'll do our quote of the day and our last article. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Everybody Eats. This is our last segment. We're going to talk about the quote of the day. So today's quote um, is actually something that one of our former guests, uh, Khalil Anderson, said. So if you go back and listen to that episode, he says something very interesting where he says, Sometimes there's not always a seat at the table for you, but you have to just pull up a chair anyway. And that quote has actually been, it's been in my head for the past couple of days now, um, along with my journey. If you follow us on Instagram, you kind of, um, follow me on Instagram and on Twitter, I'll, you'll see that I start, I kind of document the journey of uh, the podcast of just growing it. Um, one thing that I've been learning a lot is a lot of different marketing techniques, social media marketing. That's something that I've been learning about, learning how to implement. Um, I've been listening to a lot of people like Gary V and just other podcasts um, and just social media influencers about how to grow social media presence. Um, one thing that I've been learning to do is just to be a little bit more bold, um, just being willing to just try different things, put out content that is true, genuine, um, and that can, you know, that really display yourself and your brand. Um, and I've just been a little bit more eager in, in networking, just meeting more people. I just want to you know, meet other business owners. So um, when I've been thinking about Khalil's quote, you know, sometimes there might be a page or I see someone on social media that I want to reach out to and I feel a little bit timid of, I don't know if I should reach out to them or what are they going to think, you know, and then I have to remind myself, I can't sit here and just wait to go for this person to, you know, introduce themselves to me if I really want to work with that person or reach out to that person. So you really do have to take that step of confidence, of boldness to just, you know, just go ahead and pull up the chair anyway. Go send that DM, you know, go send that email. You know, be be the first one to engage. Um, that's something that I've been learning and it's been it's been beautiful honestly because a lot of people have been receptive and when you are open and true and honest to yourself, people will, you know, see that and um, people are willing to help and I've just been blessed with a lot of people um, who've been sort of supporting the podcast and the clothing line lately. So it's just been helping me, you know, be uh, make it easier to just reach out and you know, me not afraid to try and you know network or try and meet somebody. So 
Um, just not being afraid to just take the first step. Exactly. Especially one thing I've been learning, I, even I run it through my head every time, even in something as small as my own part-time job when they try, when not try to, but when they give me a new task to learn, you know, I always think to myself, I'm going to be really stressed out, I'm not going to work too well. Well, honestly, it's just taking the first step and confidence, honestly, confidence. Yeah. Don't, don't second guess what you're doing, but always be open to, to feedback, listen to others, keep your circle of, full of wise people with the same mindset and honestly, just always being flexible, you know, like water or, or or rubber, just being able to, or putty, I should say, being <laughs> able to, to mold and learn and keep up with, with new things, which, you know, I have to commend, you know, Bensky, he's done a great job at, you know, better than I would have given him credit for. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, he's done, uh, he's doing his thing, he's done, uh, doing a great job, honestly, I'm really proud of it. Appreciate it, appreciate it. But yeah, man, so um, I'm just trying to, you know, something I always say, I have to remind myself every day to just stay stay uh stay strong and keep you know keep keep working at so um from here we'll go to our last uh article which is definitely my favorite for the day honestly my favorite article of the week honestly so a lot of you if you're following um just you know hip-hop pop culture media business you may have heard of Akon creating his own city in Senegal called Akon City. So I think the first announcement came out about two years ago. It came out saying that he wanted to create his own city. And even from before then, you know, Akon has been really uh, prevalent in advancing Africa in the sense of he was um, looking to create uh, like a solar city or provide lights to, um, like I think it was like 600 million people in Africa. So that's something that he's been involved in for a while um, and this week he was um, he just finalized the agreement for Akon City in Senegal so he was able to work with the president of Senegal and uh, the article says that uh, the city will be built on a 2,000 acre land gifted to him uh, by the president and that the new city would also trade exclusively in his own digital cash currency called Acoin uh, the official website for the city said at the time it would be a five-minute drive from the West African state's new international airport. So, I'm really excited. I honestly, one, it still kind of boggles my mind to just say that, like, I created a city. Like, I built a city and I can't imagine the funding and everything that goes on behind it. So, I really credit him for that and I'm really excited to see just how it grows, how it works out. Um, and I believe construction, I think they said is probably going to take like 10 years or something like crazy like that. But I mean, hey, it's just a start. And to be able to even, God forbid it doesn't even work out. I think even just being willing to take that step of faith, like we we're just saying, taking that step and taking that initiative. I think that's really commendable and amazing. So um, honestly, shout out to Akon. Um, big ups to him, and, I, and I'm sure, you know, his whole team, I can't imagine, you know, trying to organize that and trying to get that done. So I'm sure there are so many people behind the scenes who um, may not be in the spotlight and getting credit, but I think they all deserve, um, you know, uh, all, all their credit for, for, for doing that. Now, that's a big, mature, like, really, really big and mature thing to do. You know, you see rappers like Chance the Rapper, uh, giving back to their community and just to see Akon do that on an international level, you know, um, come from Africa, go to the United States and actually go back into Africa yeah. and not only, 
you know, donate to just his, not only his uh, hometown or country, I mean, home, yeah, hometown or, or village, but he's actually building something there, building and making a huge impact instead of stopping at the simple, you know, the normal, oh, I bought my parents a house and a car, I paid off their mortgage. But to yeah. see him actually go and do that on his own, especially, yeah. you know, fund a whole city and make, probably in my opinion, which is the biggest impact on Africa, positive, biggest positive impact on Africa, you know, Africa's had a, a crazy history of people coming in, taking stuff and leaving a lot of wreckage and nonsense uh, behind, but to see him actually go clean up his area is actually a really, that's really commendable, and I hope he gets a lot of other artists, you know, a lot of, lot of Afrobeats, a lot of a lot, a lot of African artists out here in America making it big. So I really hope, you know, they take his take his example and, and are encouraged and and either if not join him, go start their own initiatives. But I really fingers crossed, praying that it really works out and he's a what is it, martyr or a role model for, for those? Yeah, not a martyr, you role model. sure because um like you said even before this um yeah he, he had plans to provide electricity to some 600 million africans without power in yeah. 2015 um by installing solar solutions in 14 african countries so he's been on his you know helping the people and, back, yeah. um, and giving back wave you know so and he i believe the article says that he moved to the united states to union city new jersey at age of seven so if he was here for a majority of his life it would be easy for him to just, you know, exactly. It would be so easy for him to forget about where he came from, but to be able to, you know, use use his 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 money, his power, his status, his influence to give back, like you said, like that's really amazing. So I really hope all that goes really well. And also, music-wise, bro, he dropped an Afrobeat album and a Spanish album like a couple months ago, and I didn't hear anyone talk about it, but they were both fire. This is just a side note. I think for him to drop, and like they, he dropped them like two weeks back to back. Like an Afrobeat album, like a Spanish album and an Afrobeat album. And they were both really good. So shout out to Akon. He's really diversified. You can see that he's, um, you know, touching all different fields, has hands in many different pots, wearing a lot of different hats, um, and just not afraid to be different and to take that initiative. So um, I think we could, I think we could definitely all learn a lot from um, from his work from his work ethic and from his example but, yeah for sure for sure so uh so that wraps up today's episode so i know it's a little bit different so i want to thank you guys for sticking with us make sure you are like subscribe on all our platforms remember youtube um everybody eats podcasts make sure you're checking out all our videos make sure you like and subscribe this video share with your friends um, on our audio platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you like, leave a review, share with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at everybody underscore eats podcast. That's where we have all the videos um, from different podcasts. We shout out other podcasts. We put a lot of great content on there. So make sure you are in touch with us. Um, and we have some big things coming in store. You know, we have a lot of people um, reaching out to a lot of people. So hopefully we can get some um, really dope guests. Um, and I know, again, I want to say thank you to all our supporters who have been supporting us so far. 
Um, and yeah, we look to the collabing. If you guys have any people who you would think would go well on this podcast, make sure you message us. You can leave a comment on the YouTube page. You can message us on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Reach out if you have anything you want us to discuss, any people you think that would be uh, beneficial. 